This is episode number 304 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hi, friends. It's Jesse. I want to officially invite you to my free live workshop called Beyond the Kegel happening on Thursday, October 12th. You are going to learn how to teach your clients three proven pelvic floor exercises for improved strength, performance, and reduced symptoms. So if you are a current or aspiring fitness or health professional working with clients of any kind, this is for you because I guarantee every single person you're working with has a pelvic floor. We are going to go through why you should stop over-prescribing Kegels as the gold standard for helping your clients get back to improved pelvic floor function, and instead what you can do to take a modern and effective approach to core and pelvic floor coaching. So you'll learn how to train or treat your fitness and pelvic health clients after birth, whether it's been weeks or decades in an evidence-based manner. You're going to get the clarity you've been searching for on how to help your clients reduce their core or pelvic floor symptoms that are causing them distress, fear, or body anxiety, including diastasis, prolapse, incontinence, low back and pelvic pain. And then we are going to go through live on the workshop, my top three must-do movements to teach every pregnant and postpartum client that you work with for very, very fast improvements in their pelvic health. And I'm going to teach you this from my 15 plus years of coaching experience, working with perinatal and pelvic health clients. Please join me at my free live workshop, Beyond the Kegel, happening on Thursday, October 12th. You can get your spot at the link in today's show notes. Hey friends, it's Jesse. We are going to talk about the process of returning to exercise after a tummy tuck or abdominoplasty surgery. So this is super timely because I am currently working with a one-on-one fitness and pelvic floor coaching client who is recovering from a tummy tuck. So I'm going to tell you what we are doing in real time. And I've worked with multiple clients in the past who have gone through this same process. And it is just a really cool thing to be a part of, honestly. And I'm so grateful to be able to guide someone because it is a big procedure to have done to the body. And likely clients who have a tummy tuck, they've been preparing for this for such a long time. It is a really big event in their lives and in their bodies. They've sometimes been thinking about it for years and years, preparing for months to make the decision to get this surgery done, to find the right surgeon for them. And then the process of 
returning to movement and to exercise and feeling comfortable and safe in this new version of their body is really impactful for them. So let's get right into it. So a tummy tuck or abdominoplasty is the surgery where the shape and size of the abdomen is changed, is adjusted. So there are skin or fat that may be removed from the belly. There is a surgical repair of the diastasis recti that can be done during this. So in, in some, it is a major procedure that is done to the whole abdomen. It is going to change the appearance of the belly. It is going to change the shape and size and the function of the abdominal wall and of the core and pelvic floor function overall as well too. So we treat the return to exercise after a tummy tuck very similarly to postpartum and specifically c-section or cesarean birth recovery we just have these added considerations because there are larger incisions there is more scarring to consider and just what has been done during the actual procedure is of course very different to what would happen during a c-section so similarities for sure for sure it is a major abdominal surgery but of course differences and stay tuned we're going to do a separate podcast episode more so on what to consider leading up to tummy tuck and what happens during this surgery itself i'm not going to get into this today but just know stay tuned in a few weeks and that episode will be dropping for you Okay, so here is how we help the client return to movement. Number one, we have to even start before thinking about how we get them back to exercise and just how we get that client through the first early days and weeks of life after the surgery. We have to be super honest with the client and if you're preparing for an abdominoplasty yourself I always want to be really honest with people I'm working with that it is going to be a difficult recovery and for some people it's going to be more difficult than others for folks who have had c-section and tummy tuck most of them will say that the tummy tuck was a much more difficult recovery but then there's the odd person that says that actually the C-section recovery was more different. So just know that as we would go into preparing for postpartum and wanting to have as much support lined up as we are able to, more than we think we need, that's how I want people to go into tummy tuck as well. So sometimes these conversations with clients can feel just a bit heavy, a little bit difficult because often the surgeon or the medical team will not say these things, will not be super honest with them about the realities of recovering from surgery. But the truth is that this could be quite difficult, especially in the first you know, few days and then the first week for sure. But of course, the first two weeks, we're going to we're going to run into some challenges that are going to make this surgery recovery challenging. And I think if we can go into that, then it doesn't seem as scary 
or shocking for people when they are in it. So big time figuring out what do we need on a life support level? Are there kids at home? Are you parenting day to day? Who is going to be able to step in and not just, you know, quote unquote, help out, but really take over, do all of the daily life tasks. If you can set up as much support for the first week, absolutely. But really the first two weeks, that is going to be ideal scenarios. So life support as it comes to household management, kids, parenting, daily tasks, drop off, pick up. Are there animals at home? Are you caretaking for anyone else? What is the work situation for you on a professional level? We got to figure out the life support. And then alongside with this, we're going to have mental health support. So what will you need to mentally and emotionally support yourself through this and know that mental and emotional health might be difficult during this time and that's okay we don't have to have you know peace and contentment and happiness throughout know that there's going to be some dips because physical pain and recovery from surgery is just a difficult time in general your loss of movement and mobility as you are used to and wanted to be is going to be you know not quite there for a little bit so what are our mental and emotional health support tools? What is the plan there? Additionally, we want to think about sleep. How are you going to be able to get sleep in a position that is as comfortable as possible for you to be in? And I always just tell my clients, for me, post-C-section, the first time, I was really kind of hit by this, just how freaking uncomfortable and impossible it seemed to get in a good position you know with the with the inability to be supine or flat on the back that might extend for you know a couple of weeks how do we get into a position where we're able to rest again as comfortably as possible so for some folks this looks like you know the bed with many pillows set up in a way that allows them to be slightly upright or very upright in a more so seated position. Maybe it could be a lazy boy chair that people are able to use like electronically and not a manual lazy boy chair where we're like pulling levers to get you in and out of position because that's going to be next to impossible after surgery. Or maybe it's like me with my second C-section where I had a hospital bed rental at my house. So we just got to figure out how can we get sleep and rest. We got to think about pain management. We do not push through pain during recovery from tummy tuck. We stay on schedule with the pain management as best we're able to, as directed by the healthcare team. And we stay on top of pain management. We stay ahead of pain management. And then in line with that, again, with taking these medications for pain management, with not having as much movement, with having higher stress and low sleep, we have to think about the bladder and bowel health. How are we going to keep the bowels moving, get that poop out of the body? How are we going to be able to get to the bathroom, 
can we get into positions to be able to pee and empty the bladder as well? This is going to be high priority. And something else to think about is just, are we going to be able to wipe ourselves? Are we going to be able to wipe after peeing, after pooping? For some people, it's just the mobility of getting into that position is going to be very difficult. So just as an example, using a peri bottle as you might postpartum will be super helpful here. Okay, so that's kind of biggies number one is just preparing yourself, preparing your clients for what is to come in the early days and weeks. It's going to be like postpartum recovery, C-section recovery, and then potentially just stepped up a level. So as much life mental, emotional, physical support as you are able to get. Okay, so then we can really get into how do we get back to moving? So from day zero, immediately post-op, we can already be focusing on breathing. I'm breathing in all the ways. So can we send breath into the chest? Can we send breath into the back, into the belly? all the way down into the pelvic floor, breathing back into the anus, focusing on breathing in all the ways that we are able to. And this can be really helpful for pain management as well to help us find more comfort in moving through different positions, using the breath to help you out. And then of course, just reconnecting with the abdomen and pelvic floor in this changed version of the body. Another thing to think of is that we're just trying to find comfort however they can, however you can, in whatever position is available to you. So sitting, slightly leaning back in a seated position. If you are standing, if you are walking through your house, again, to go to the bathroom, to go to the kitchen, wherever it might be, how can you just move through those positions in a way that is going to bring you as much comfort as possible. We are not thinking about having quote unquote good technique or perfect technique. We're just trying to get the body and keep the body moving a little bit. So I know that it can be tempting to stay in the same position for hours and hours and hours. And that's absolutely okay if we're resting and sleeping. But throughout the day, we will want to be moving a little bit in some different ways. And that can be really slight. That can be seated and slightly leaning to one side, slightly leaning to the other side. That can be remaining seated and taking one arm up over the head, taking the other arm up over the head. So we are just, again, like rebuilding movement super slowly, super gently. In the first few days and even into the first couple of weeks, we're really trying to work on standing and sitting in progressively more upright positions. It can be a really shocking sensation to feel this hunched over flexed forward position after a surgery like this. So it's going to just be a work in practice to stand up tall not forcing, but over time, standing up with a bit more strength 
in more upright positions. And if you've had a C-section, you probably remember this feeling too, like your hunch forward, flex forward. And it can be really just so strange to feel this sensation in your body. That will be what it is like after the tummy tuck as well. So within those first few days, we're really just thinking, breathing in all the ways, finding comfort in whatever positions you're able to, and then standing and sitting in progressively more upright positions as those days go on. So starting from anywhere between 10 days to three weeks postpartum is when we can get back to more structured movement exercises. And this is going to be really gentle, really gentle and progressive in its approach. So we're looking at breathing exercises, our core connection breath, where we are learning how to inhale and expand through the rib cage, the back, the belly, send the breath all the way down to the pelvic floor. And then on the exhale breath, having this connection, this lift of the pelvic floor, this tension or engagement in the abdominal wall. And then on the inhale, releasing and expanding again. So we're practicing connecting to the core with our inhales and exhales. We are also working on some spinal mobility. So flexion and extension, and then lateral flexion and extension as well. So side to side bending. And then also some low level, gentle, rotational mobility side to side. We are working on core coordination. So again, pairing the breath with movement, starting to add in some exercises that are targeting the abdomen. And again, low level, not a ton of load, not a ton of challenge, but we are doing things like, for example, heel drops or heel slides, or when we're lying on the back and taking one knee out to the side and back in at a time. So we are coordinating the core with the breath, with timing, with some strength. What's going to be really important during this time is we're going to work on getting into supine, so on the back and side lying positions over time. It is going to take time before these positions are going to be comfortable or they feel accessible at all. So just know that actually lying flat on the back might take some time. A couple of weeks lying on each side might take some time. Again, a couple of weeks before this is feeling comfortable or that you're able to get into it. And again, during this time period, when we're going through these mini movement circuits, we are working on these progressive low level exercises and building this up over time. So in this phase, again, we're starting at 10 days to three weeks post-op, and we're going to do this progressive low level structured exercise plans where we're going to build back up to some body weight squatting hinging, single leg, rotation, hip flexion and extension, pulling, pushing, carrying, we're going to build up to that. And this is the beauty of strength training because we can adjust and modify and use lower level exercises to train these movement patterns. 
as well during this time, we can get back into some slow, low volume walking. This is not immediately going for 15 minute walks. This is like minutes at a time and building up over time. So five minutes for a couple of weeks, 10 minutes for a couple of weeks. Maybe this is once or twice a day. We are building this up over time. And really in this gentle, structured, progressive low level exercise phase, we're doing this for probably six to eight weeks, taking our time, seeing how the body responds. And again, building this up over time. So for my client right now, we started this at two weeks postpartum, got into our first mini movement circuit, did this most days of the week, but at least four days a week for three weeks. And now we're into our second phase of this core rehab, where we'll stay on this for another three weeks. And that'll take us to eight weeks post-surgery. So from there, after we get out of this phase of our mini movement circuits, our early days of and weeks of recovery, then we're going to return to more structured strength training. We are going to follow our principle of progressive overload, where we take our time, but we are going to get into workouts that look more like workouts than what we have been doing for the previous six weeks. So this will be, you know, strength training twice a week for workouts that are maybe 15 minutes in length, where we are getting back into, again, our movements that are squatting, hinging, rotation, pushing, pulling, etc. but just at a bit more elevated with a bit more challenge, with a bit more spiciness than what we have been doing. And we're going to progress this over time, seeing how the body responds. We'll stick with our structured strength training plans for four weeks at a time, and then progressing from there until we get up to the level where the client wants to be working out at with the volume, with the challenge, and then we will stay. And we know that this is going to take months to rebuild, not just because of what has happened to the body during the surgery, but just because of life as well, too. Busy, you know, professional career, parenting, all the things that come with being a human, and then adding on top this surgery recovery. What's so important with this surgery recovery to know is that it just can take many months to really feel like this body shape function size is really your normal your new normal it's going to feel really different and maybe weird and exciting and wonderful and strange for probably a long time and that's okay too that's really so similar to what you might have dealt with postpartum when the body has just changed so dramatically in such a short period of time, it can be kind of funky to just get into whatever this new thing is. So that, in a nutshell, is how we return to exercise after tummy tuck. So let's do a quick recap. Before we even think about returning to exercise, we are just thinking about how are we going to get through the early days and weeks being as okay as possible. So life support, mental and emotional support. From day zero, we're working on our breathing. 
We're working on finding comfort in whatever position you are able to, and then standing and sitting in progressively more upright positions. From 10 days to three weeks postpartum, that's often when we get back into gentle, structured exercise routine. These are what we call our mini movement circuits. And we, again, are working on positional breathing, spinal mobility, core coordination, and just progressive low-level exercises that are slowly ramping up over time and then our slow, low-volume walking. We're in this phase for six to eight weeks before we get back to our more structured strength training, which could land us at eight to 10 weeks post-surgery of when we really start to get into this. All right, friends, I hope that is helpful for you if you're going through this or if you are a fitness professional or health professional who is guiding your clients or patients back to exercise as well too. Good luck. You can do it. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. This is episode number 304 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast.